G'day and welcome to another Carnage House production. Today we've got a very special guest, as we always do, they're all special, but this one in particular. Um, we have a motivational and high performance speaker, uh, I guess, an entrepreneur, um, probably the best real estate agent in Australia. Um, he's made the, made the trip all the way down from Terrigal to Sydney to see us, to be on the Carnage House. Um, Matt, thank you for coming on. How are you going? No sweat. Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. No, no worries. You've actually got, um, I actually don't really know how I came across your profile <laughs> on, um, on Instagram. Obviously, yeah. your Instagram marketing is working. Um, but I saw it and I saw the um, kind of your story and how you're going and the content you're producing. I thought, well, we, we should try and talk to this guy. Yeah. Um, he's got it going on. He's got the Instagram content down pat. Um, we'll drop a link in the bio and all that type of stuff so you can go find Matt and see what he's doing, see what he's about. But I just thought we might start um, with your story, if we could. I mean, I'm sure you've done it thousands and thousands <laughs> of times and you probably get... You know when a singer sings a song and it's like from 1985 for sure yeah. for sure 100% it's um it's the classic the modern classic if you could just for the listeners because we've got I, I mean I don't really know if any of the our listeners have heard of you Probably slash not. if we even have any listeners at all I don't know <laughs> but um if you could just give kind of like a a, a two or three minute uh, rundown of who you are and what yeah. makes Matt's, Matt Matt what makes Matt Matt um so down here well in Sydney actually I used to be like an underworld criminal sort of thing and uh, involved in lots of different things. And, and I was a bouncer on, the, on Oxford Street. Oxford Street's dead these days. It is. It used to be the party scene when I was younger. So, um, and the cross is like the party place now. Yeah. It was like the opposite before. Yeah. So anyway, I got involved in all of that and um, just d developed like, I could see in that world, the bigger you were, the scarier you were, the more connected you were. It's like a currency. Yeah. So I was very young, I was like 18 and I, I thought, I want to be one of those guys. So I set out to, you know, get as connected as I could and as big as I could and all of that. And then I ended up just becoming this maniac. Yeah. I became a drug-fueled, crazy person. Yeah. And used to do all sorts of things to people. Yeah. So um, I got sent to Terrigal. So I used to sort of work for a group of people. And then they were opening a brothel and they sent me up to Terrigal to go recruit some girls and whatever. I yeah. was like reasonably okay looking back then. And um, so I went up there and I, I hooked up with you know some bikers up there and different people. And I met a guy called Dino, yeah, who's still my best friend today, yeah. and a girl called Karina. And it was her 18th birthday at the nightclub in Terry. There was only one nightclub. It was like a little country club. I haven't even heard of it. Yeah. So, so I didn't even know there was a nightclub in Terry. Yeah, small place. Anyway, so I met Karina and asked for a number. And then the bouncer, she went off to write a number down at the end of the night and the bouncer grabbed her and said, whatever you do, don't give that guy your number. Yeah. And please don't say I said anything because he's the sort of guy that makes people disappear. And yeah. I, I've never even been to Terrigal, but fortunately she gave me her number. Yeah. And so did Dean, the guy I met that night. I went home, um, I was under surveillance for a long time by the police and all sorts of things. And then I ended up like home, everything went sideways, I ended up homeless for about, um, uh, probably about, I don't know, a year or close to and living in this sort of abandoned place. And then I rang Dino and I said, mate, can you come pick me up? So the same guy I met up there. I said, I'm going to be dead or in jail any day. I can just feel it. Mm -hmm. I had contracts taken out in my life and all sorts of things. But so he just came, picked me up and I left with what I was wearing. Yeah. I was in a bad way though, like m mentally and emotionally. Sure. And drug, drug habit yeah. was through the roof. 
and he, he just gave me a place to stay. And after about nine months, I uh, rang an ex-girlfriend in Sydney, the one that actually lived in Cambala Road, just around right, here somewhere. Right, just around here. And I said to Lise, I'm in a bit of trouble. And she's like, yeah, you've left a mess down here. Massive. Because yeah. you can't sort of just leave what I was in. It's, it's hard to explain. Yeah. But um, I said, what do I do? And she goes, why don't you get into real estate? And looking back, I don't know if she was joking or not. Like I thought, I think she thought all real estate agents were like criminals or dodgy. Yeah, and I'd be like perfect. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just took it literally. Maybe I, she didn't know what a real estate agent was. I don't so she was think confused so. about something I have else. No idea. No idea. But I rang everyone in the yellow pages, and this lady gave me a job. Mm-hmm. And as, and I just used to walk the streets every day, all day, knocking on doors, asking if that people would sell their house. Did yeah. that for years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I had no car, so I just used to walk everywhere. Yeah, that's a good, good exercise. But obviously, it's um, <laughs> good it's one of those things. Like you can see, that he's a, he's a fit guy. He's done the Bondi to Bronte this morning. He loves walking. Obviously, that's that's a bit of a, a common theme in this story. But um, real estate, um, do you enjoy it? Is it something that you love? Are you glad that you kind of? I tell you what happened. To it? Yeah, I am because it's like it suited it suits or well, suited my personality. Still does. Yeah. So a year after I got into real estate, I got the bus home mm-hmm. and I was renting a room off this elderly lady called Tina. And Ray, who owned the fish and chip shop in Killarney Vale, was where I... Killarney Vale was like the boondocks of the Central Coast. It was like, yeah. the, there's nothing there. Yeah. And I got home and Ray rings up and he goes, hey Matt, how are you going? And I'm like, who the hell is this? Like, mm-hmm. no one had my number. Yeah. I was semi in hiding. And... um. He goes, it's Ray from the fish and chip shop. He was an old heroin dealer from the, the cross. He right. was in hiding too, I think, up there. Okay. And he somehow got the number. And he goes, mate, you've just been on Australia's Most Wanted. And I'm like, oh, bugger. So um, I had to go hand myself back in after a year. Yeah. And then I went to court and the judge, at the end, I was engaged to Karina by this point and we had a baby on the way and... Anyway, Karina's mum came and testified and the old lady came and testified and they're all crying how I've turned my life around and all of this. And the judge looked at me and she said, Matt, I just don't know why. She said, you should be going to jail for quite a few years right now, today. She said, I just see some good in you. I'm going to give you a second chance. I had to do community service for a long time and it took me eight years to pay back the fines. But I walked out of there and I said to Dino, I rang him and I said, mate, I'm going to become Australia's number one agent. That's what I'm going to do. And I did. And aside from that, real estate's a bit like selling drugs. You just got to find the person that wants the thing and whatever. Yeah. And it's the same. Yeah. It's exactly the same. Yeah. It's um. It's a it's a pretty incredible story. And um, I've I've thought about it. You know, like it's often often you hear stories of people who do turn their lives around and things like that. But yeah. there are, there are so many who just don't. Like lots. Um, what do you was there? Do you think there was a critical moment where you thought I have to turn it around, or do you think like is there something a particular point where you look back and say that was it, or was it kind of a process of you kind of slowly dragging yourself up by the bootstraps and? Yeah, I don't know. I think people talk about rock bottom and things, but yeah. I think you got to hang down the bottom for a while. So it's not like you hit rock bottom and off sure. you go. Dino and I were driving home one night. So when I went up to when I was at his parents' house for. An, you know, nine months or so. I was that bad. Like I was in a drug psychosis. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no good. And I used to just draw stick figure people in in the room all day, every day. It was so, and I called them Duncan. It was like yeah. it was pretty left field. We were driving home, and I was like, my sister killed herself at twenty seven, and I was driving home with him, and I, th- I had a gun at home, and I was like, I'm just going to shoot myself tonight. That's what I was thinking. And yeah. f- out of nowhere, he turns around driving the car, and Dino's bigger than me. He makes me look small. Oh really? Turns around this big unit driving his car. And he said, Matt, whatever you do, don't kill yourself. Yeah. 
And I was like, wow, that's like, I don't know why he said that, but I was thinking it just almost at that moment. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I didn't. So yeah. I think there's a whole lot of little things along For the way sure. that happen. That kind of compound and then, yeah. and then there, there is a point. Yeah. And you just have enough after a while hanging down the bottom. For sure. For but, sure. But I mean, it's what, better up the top. hundred <laughs> percent. Well, you, you're doing uh, incredibly well, obviously now um, yeah. doing uh, talking. You've started an incredible movement called 31 minute movement. Do you want yeah. to tell everyone a little bit about that? Cause that's actually really interesting. I like that a lot. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's good. It's like, uh, Oh, life gets busy. You know, I've worked pretty hard for 25 years, mm. built a company, a couple hundred people. Um, you know, it's like a $30 million company now. And we, time, you just have no time. Yeah. As I was getting older, I, my body was changing a bit. And I was like, because I've always had fairly good genetics. And I, yeah. uh, even though I've trained and things before, I never really had to work super hard. And I was like, got to 40 and I was like 40 something. I was like, hey, hang on, my body's like not the, not the same. Yeah. So I just started to do a bit of cardio and things, but it's really hard owning a block of time in a super busy day. Yeah. Like I'm busting at the seams every day. Sure. But I think everyone can own 31 minutes. For sure. Without any excuses. Yeah. And you'll be amazed at how many people are starting it and mums, mums are like messaging me all the time saying it's just changed their life again. It's given them themselves back. Yeah. Because once you have kids, I mean, I've got six kids, two ex-wives. But it's like, once you're managing all this stuff, sure. you sort of lose yourself in it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. And I, like, I, I've watched quite a few of your videos. And I think one of the things that was um, that I think Broccoli asked you, he said, like, um, you know, how do you find time or, or, or do you find it's productive to do kind of two 31-minute sessions every day? And I think the point you made was if you actually break it down into, into the dollar productive hours that you spend and the, the actual hours and time that you spend trying to actually practically achieve a goal mm. you actually almost always find that you've got more time than you think or Way that more. you're wasting time somewhere else so it's more of an allocation of time and efficiency than it is anything else yeah for sure and what's your values like you know health is one of my values it's like you know you got you don't have health you got nothing yeah like literally you can have all the money in the world but it's if you don't feel great it's you you just want to enjoy life and you know i look at a lot of middle-aged men how old are you 23 23 so like i'm 47 so i look at a lot of men my age mate they're just like drink too much yeah not not everyone there's some really fit ones but i study people a lot and that's sort of my job human behavior and and i think to myself they make choices around they'd rather pick up a beer than go to the gym or go for a walk yeah whatever sure and it's amazing how much the compounding effect happens over six months or a year or two years yeah of just owning a little bit of exercise yeah no i think it can literally change your life and change yourself absolutely and no i think it's um that's definitely important and like going to you know being healthy because obviously there's all the science that backs up you know if you exercise you sleep better your brain functions better all that type of stuff as well but i think on on the more general point like something that i've uh tried to do as best i can is try and allocate my time more efficiently like as you know, I'm trying to do this. Um, you know, me and my brothers are trying to do um, interviews and build kind of a business as well, as well as working Monday to Friday. Like it's 
allocating time more efficiently just becomes more and more important as you get older. It does. There's tasks that will move your business forward. So 31 minutes is, yeah, it's just not about fitness, but fitness is a great indicator because yeah. it, like you can see it pretty quickly. Sure. Like if you don't take care of yourself for six months, you can see it. Yeah. So if you go partying for six months straight, yeah. I'm sure you have an odd party now and then, don't you? Oh, every now and then. So <laughs> every now and then. But if you do it for six months straight, you soon see it. But yeah. if you also do the opposite for six months, it's a really good indicator to see. But like business, people wonder why businesses don't work because they don't prospect enough. Yeah. You could be in any business. If I was a plumber, I'd be prospect. Like do what I did at the beginning. People can you go, sorry? Can you explain, Brass, yeah, what prospecting yeah, is? Yeah, hundred percent. But people always wonder why I do so well. Like, yeah. to give you an idea, I do ten times what a real estate agent usually does. So a good real estate agent, I write ten times as much as them. But it's only because I've got massive momentum. So I did all the stuff that people don't want to do for years and years and years. So like yourself going out there and saying, knocking on every door and giving people a podcast card, mm. saying, listen to my podcast. If you did that for 10 years straight and met 30,000 people, imagine where your podcast would be. Yeah, that's a good point. 100%. Yeah. So you can relate it to anything. If I was a plumber, this is Bellevue Hills, there's a wealthy suburb mm. right here. Most people would think, oh, you don't door knock in wealthy, wealthy suburbs. Yeah, you do. They're just people like us. Yeah. So imagine having someone that walked the streets every day and knocked on 50 doors a day. That's all they did. Say, hi, I'm Matt's Plumbing. If you ever have a problem, call me. They're either sure. going to remember you because you yeah. made the effort to do it or they're gonna, you're going to find a lead. That's why businesses don't work. You reckon it needs to be, there's, there's got to be kind of more ground, grass, yeah. grassroots. It's complicated. Yeah. It's all, all of this. Analytics and stuff. Yeah, my goodness, forget about it. I don't, yeah. I don't even use a computer. I don't use any, I use my phone, and that's it. Yeah. And if I, if I went to another place and had to succeed in anything, mm. I'd do exactly what I did. Yeah. And it's hard, and it's mind-numbing, and it's just yeah, boring, but that's why I've done really well. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think you're absolutely right. I think uh, it's very easy to just kind of throw money uh, at kind of online advertising and all that yeah. type of stuff, and just kind of throw your hands up and expect it to work. Right? That's part and, of it. Yeah, that's part of it. Mm. But there's nothing beats this. Sure. Right, at all. Hundred percent. You know, and then writing a thank you card. So what I used to do, yeah. and I still do today, go and knock on somebody's door. Hey, I'm Matt. How are you? Blah blah blah. Do you want yeah. to see your house? No. I never look for the lead. I look for the relationship. Mm-hmm. Then I write them a thank you card. Thanks for speaking with me today. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Drop that in the letterbox. They get it the next morning. Sure. Then two months later, three months later, I knock on the door again. How are you going? Yeah. And then a month after that, they get a report from me. So it's like all these touch points. Yeah. After nine to twelve contacts of me saying hello to you, you start to become my friend. Yeah. You start to like, oh, there's that guy. Have you ever heard the story about Bill Porter? No. Who's Bill Porter? Never. You should look him up. Okay. A great story. Right. In the fifties. Yeah. He was a retarded guy. And he couldn't couldn't walk properly, couldn't speak properly, and he wanted a job in sales. And his mum just said, "What? If, no, Bill, don't, don't yeah. go, don't go into sales. Probably not your thing." But mums are like, also they lift you up a bit as yeah, well. Yeah, of course. So she said, "Go and see if you can get an interview." He got an interview with the, he got onto the CEO of the largest sales company in America in the fifties and said, "Just give me a, a go, give me your worst area, and just give me a go at it." Took him a couple of years, but he just did exactly what I did. Well, not, mm. I did what he did. Yeah. And he just, after a while, people got to know him, and he became the number one salesperson in America. Walking the streets with suitcases every day, couldn't speak properly, whatever. Didn't matter about his limitations, but it was the consistency yeah. that separated him. And that's what people forget today. It's the consistency. Sure. Don't put an ad in the paper and hope people are going to use your business. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it is, and particularly like I think it's something that you talked about a lot is the compounds. So I think Broccoli said um, when he was doing his the one of the best things about working. He did the video best things and worst things about working with Mark. <laughs> sure, there's a lot more worse things. Just oh no, there, there was only there was only one. There was only <laughs> there was only one. Um, yeah. But he uh, he said one of the they things they're rating my Instagram. I don't know why they just keep putting any. Oh really? So you don't you, they no, don't, don't even do they don't even. Send it I to you for approval. Said, no, no, he just puts it out. He puts these stories up there. I say to him all the time, stop rating me. <laughs> well, in fairness, he's proactive. And you know what? I'll say it. Like, he's actually pretty funny. But, you know, I don't find a lot of people funny, like on Instagram particularly, but he's actually, I find him genuinely funny. Yeah. And I think you've got good, you've got good chemistry together. Yeah. Um, I know, I reckon half the time he's deliberately winding you up. Uh, probably. But, uh, like when he gets the wrong drink from the supermarket oh, and stuff. He's that dumb sometimes. <laughs> it just frustrates me, but I love him. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I would encourage anyone to go check out Building Broccoli which is a little segment that you guys are doing as well but um but what i, what I was going to say was that one of the, his advice that uh well, that what you said to him is that don't plan for big years plan for big days and yeah. so that compounds over over time as well which i thought was actually really practical and kind of um on the money as well for sure um we've got kind of two groups of people who listen to our podcast mm-hmm. we have a huge gap in the middle it's a massive marketing issue it's the number one yeah. <laughs> in terms of the demographics it's probably the number one issue we've got at the moment we've got basically an audience that's kind of 25 and under and then we've got basically the boomers who are like 55 and really? under. And we've got a why big, is that i'm not really sure i think we've interviewed people before that they might like or um mm. be interested in so we've got this kind of chunk in the middle but um you are basically an expert in real estate by consequence of the fact you've been in it for so long and you're so yeah. good at it. Yeah. Um, so of by default. Yeah. By default. Yeah. Oh, well, but I mean, you're obviously you're one yeah, of the yeah. best, one of the best okay. agents in Australia. But um, but people my age are looking at potentially, you know, like saving up for a property if they can, or trying to put a deposit down, or um, or there are also people who are much older, like in that other bracket, who have you know are downsizing or or doing whatever. What would be your advice uh, to someone who's kind of my age who wants to get into property? Like, what are some? Pra- do you think the millennials do these days, though? Do you think they actually want to? Or I don't know. Do they if just I want to rant and just yeah, cruise around. There's all that share housing stuff that I know that co- the like co-living the co-living stuff yeah. is is starting to pop up. But I think you know, it's in Australia. Like for the vast majority of people, the 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 home is the by far the biggest asset that they'll the ever own. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of weird. There is this economic principle where it's like a, a, people are very, very good at buying milk because they buy milk basically every week. So, yeah. for example, they know exactly what the price should be, how it's sh- like expiry, all this stuff. They get all the way across it. But houses, they might only do it once. Mm. And so they don't actually get that exposure to the kind of the um, price sensitivity as well as like the cust- constant feedback you get. I mean, people change milk brands all the time because they go, that's just better price, better value, whatever. But mm. they don't have the same thing with houses. Yeah. So it's like um, you try and get the, the data and the opinion from the experts where you can. So I would mm. say like, what would be your advice to people looking to get into property or yeah. what are some practical things people can do to improve the value of their, their home as it is? To get into the market? Yeah, so to get you, into the market firstly. I think you said a really good point there. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think you said a really good thing there about price sensitivity. I wouldn't worry about price. I just get into the market. Just get I mean, sometimes people get so caught up on property should be worth this and the unit should be worth this and just yeah. just buy it yeah. basically. Don't get too caught up on it because in a couple of years it won't even matter anyway. Yeah. Um, best thing you can do if I was your age, I'd be just getting a deposit together as quickly as I could. Yeah. Set you up for life. Pay that house off and you're set. Once you paid one house off, 
or unit or something, yeah. you're literally set for life then. Yeah. Mm. Okay, that's good. And then, so, so for the people who already have an asset or mm. have uh, have already put together a deposit, mm. what are some practical things? Like, obviously, you see homes every day, and you see obviously kind of the process where people will do renovations or they'll do they'll try and it somehow improve the value of the existing asset. What yeah. would you say the most um, common or the best ways that people can actually improve the existing asset? Buy another one. Buy another one. Yeah. Don't I'll worry buy. about improving well, the you first can. one. You're going to live there anyway, so you're going to do a bit over time. Just don't do too much. I think people sometimes stretch themselves too far. Yeah. Like they just, I live quite conservatively. Um, I think sometimes people put themselves in so much debt just yeah. to have this nice house to keep up with the next door neighbours and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just buy what you can afford, do it up over time and buy another one. Okay. If you can get five properties by the time you're 50 years old, paid off or 60 years old, you're, you're literally financially free. Mm. That would be the key. Yeah. I think today, like, you've got to have the best car, you've got to have the best thing, you've got to sure. buy the clothes, you've got to buy all these things. Like, bloody yeah. hell, yeah. give me a break. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, I see that. I see that. So, okay, well, that's interesting because a lot of people, you know, uh, might say, oh, well, you have to do the kitchen, you've got to do, you got to do the renos, you've got to knock it down, rebuild and stuff. But if, if, if the way you reckon is just to kind of get the second deposit together and, and just chuck it down. Peace of mind is more powerful than a new kitchen. Yeah. You've got an old kitchen, but you've got money in the bank, you can afford your mortgage, you can get up and you're not chasing yeah. your mortgage way better yeah but when you you know it's stressful when you put yourself in this position because you look great mm. but really got not much money in the bank and you're just trying to keep up with everything yeah it, you can't function properly you can't sure. perform at your best yeah because it's like you're under pressure the whole time yeah yeah no i think that makes sense that 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 that, that definitely um that resonates i find that like um me, i don't know if you you meditate or if you're practice mindfulness or whatever it is but i used to be quite a stress head i used to be quite erratic with the way i think and i still am to some degree like um to i reckon a lot of people say to a large degree like i'm a bit of a scatterbrain and i struggle being present um but um yeah there's confirmation from the production very calm yeah there's got well, she has to be she's got to balance me out yeah, right. um, but i mean you're dealing with people every day you have to be on your game but yeah particularly because it's such a personal business, like mm. you have to be present, like you have to be engaging. Like what, sure. what are some of your tips for, for some people who might be a little bit anxious or a little bit not super confident with the way that they talk to, particularly strangers, like you're talking to strangers every yeah, day, basically. Oh, so I, I am so, like I'm naturally really shy. Like it's, I don't know, but when you're doing the right thing, yeah. like when you're doing the right thing by people, you don't have nerves. Like mm. it, when you're trying to be somebody else, you have nerves. Yeah. Like when you think you've got to be like, I used to wear a suit, uh, not a suit, like a jacket and a tie. I just felt weird. Like yeah. It just felt real weird. And that, that's sort of what I thought I needed to be. Yeah. Since I lost that, doesn't mean I like lost, lost my nerves. It felt better though. I yeah. deal with a lot of women in houses on their own. Yeah. You know, like a big guy, like just power dressed, just weird. Yeah. So um, you've got to be authentically you. And I think when you are, something happens, like you get settled inside. Mm. Today, I'm not trying to be anyone. Before yeah. I, when I was 28 years old, I bought this E500 Merc. Now, I've always done well in real estate. For some reason, I've just always done well. Mm. But been able to connect with people, worked real hard, you know, did what I had to do. So I bought this car, like 200 and something thousand dollars. It is, it is a nice car, the E500. You know, I waste the money. Like, and then uh, like driving around, you know, like, like why? Yeah. Like, I'm like, got this huge loan on the thing. <laughs> just like, but why? Like, yeah. Because um, people thought I was successful, like is that why? And you really got to ask yourself why you do these things. Because I reckon half the anxiety comes from yourself, mm. putting pressure on yourself. When you got no pressure on yourself, you're different. 
Yeah. You know, it's like girls in our office, so many of them use Afterpay. I say to them, don't use Afterpay ever. <laughs> yeah. Afterpay means you don't actually have the money. So you're not going to have it later. You just don't have it now. Yeah. Like stop using it. So people do all this stuff and then they wonder why they're stressed. Yeah. Afterpay is an interesting one. If, if people, uh, some of my friends will know that for, for at university, because I did finance, we did evaluation subjects where you have to value um, the kind of the stock and it comes to an end share price. And we actually did a project on Afterpay and it took, took forever. And we, 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 I think it was trading at about $3.30 or something like that. And we valued it at about 30 cents. This is not a, a, a pump and dump scheme for like some yeah. pyramid scheme on the ASX, no. by the way. No. But we did it and it was about 30 cents. And um, the whole thing, the interesting thing about Afterpay is that they've got this huge, enormous loan. So that's how they actually finance the difference. So they actually pay it, um, kind of the, the whole instalment to, the, to, the, um, to General Pants or whoever you're, you're paying it for, and then you pay them back. Um, so they've actually got this enormous loan. It's like called a revolving debt facility, and basically they've got it, and they've got it at a pretty cheap rate now. But it's also it's contingent, like their effectiveness is contingent on whether or not interest rates go up, because they have this enormous facility that's constantly going. So um, if you ever what a see stressful environment to be in. Oh, 100 percent. Wow. 100 percent. So if you ever see Afterpay um, go to the bottom, you, you know where. You heard it here first. It's on Carnage House. It's on Carnage House. Product. So far, that the the, um, the pick hasn't really worked out, and we've uh, I've basically looked like an idiot since, since university. But if it ever drops, then you know where to come to first. Yeah. Um. You would obviously beat. Thanks a, for that finance. Yeah. There um, you go. Little thing. Yeah. That's all right. Well, I mean. It is what it is. I just thought because you brought it up, like whenever I say afterpay, like uh, at the store, I have a little yeah. chuckle to myself and I think, oh, are they going under yet, or you know what's going on? Yeah. But um, you would obviously deal with uh, a enormous variety of people as well at real, like doing your job. Um, do you have kind of any stories that you look back on, like and say, well, that was just that what happened there was ridiculous, or this person was like the most quirky person I've ever met in my entire life, or? Deals that you never thought were going to go through, but ended up going through. Like, is do you have any kind of highlights that you look back on? Too many. Too many. Yeah, too many. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Where do you start? Where do you start? Hundreds of thousands of disappointments yeah. and lots of wins, but um, no, no, none that like stand out enough to say, hey, this is one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> I haven't bought a house yet, so I can't yeah. say I've got, I've got a story to tell either. Yeah. Um. Well, look, is there anything else you want to, you want to give a plug to, uh, you want to promote? Um, we'll get um, old mate here if she's up. Old mate. <laughs> old mate if she's up to it to um, make sure that you, they've got all your details and stuff on. What, what uh, would you, what, let me ask you something. Yeah, you quickly. go. So you're, you've got young audience on this. Yeah. What me. would be the main thing they'd want to hear, do you think? We give them a bit of everything. I, but what do I think they want to hear? Yeah. From me? Or just from in general, me. from you. Yeah. Okay, from like on here. If they're listening to this, they're like, oh, who cares about whatever, 31 minutes, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would they want to hear? Okay, well, I, I reckon um, your story, 100%, but yeah. I think that that's engaging. And a lot of young people can identify with kind of the idea of you're drifting, you don't really have a purpose, you don't really have something that you're aiming at, and kind of that process, even if they're not kind of sleeping in containers or whatever. What like, do you reckon the biggest challenges for kids your age? Um, I think... Know. Like practically, probably social media. I think social media presents a pretty substantial obstacle, particularly for young girls. I've seen it. Um, I think there's enough existing pressures as it is, and then it kind of only it gets amplified um, through social media, particularly. Mm. I, I think kind of like the whole stuff about young people never own a house and all that stuff. It's kind of it's periphery stuff. It's like um, it's not 
it's not in your face every day. So like, I think if you talk about the amount of like contact points between a young person and social media, it's like a hundred times a day at mm. least. So if the, if the outcome is like 1% negative, obviously like you talk about the compounds over time. Mm. So I would say um, probably confidence and social media and the way those two interact. What about knowing what they want to do? Yeah, I, I think- I really get amazed at here. How, how old are you both? I'm 23, she's 18. 18. Yeah, I really get amazed at, you know, people your age. Like, they're, it's sort of like, um, what would be your biggest challenge, do you think? Like, knowing what to do or knowing how to get ahead or, like, what what is that? Because mm. it I think, seems to be such a vast, like, because when I was young, it was sort of like, you just go out and get a trade or do whatever, yeah, like, the sure. direction. Sure. Today, it's like, like, I was talking to a girl who's probably 18, 19, and she was just like, I don't have any goals. I don't have anything. Yeah. Like, I'm just doing whatever. Does this um, ring a bell? I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I think um, there's almost too many options. Like you, mm, yeah, people, that's right. People yeah. are like you, you know they they see it all in front of them, and then people say you can do anything you want. They're like, but then when how? the game has no rules, yeah. there's not a game. Like it's you just you're frozen, you know. And um, at least kind of back in the old day, like people say, yeah, you you, you know like. 10% of people went to university and stuff yeah. like now everyone goes to university that's and right. you can do not just it's not just three or four courses it's every single course you can think of yeah. and then it's like I think because the way it's kind of catered now it's everything's personalized to the extent that like they give you what you want but not what you need mm. so like I think there's too much choice there's too many too many options and people get frozen like people go to Europe and stuff like uh, when I went left out of left school and they were like oh yeah I'm gonna go you know kind of go find myself in Europe it's like mm. I don't know if you're gonna find yourself in Europe like you know going out and partying in Berlin and stuff like that but you might you might but I think it's just too many options probably mm. yeah if I'm gonna give you young people advice like yeah, go on, on your podcast like just looking back I think you got to try a lot of things, especially from 18, 18 to 23. Mm. You guys are in like in the perfect age bracket, but yeah. around around 25, I reckon you got to start to find something that you really like. Yeah. And I reckon this is like the problem. They either work in a job they don't love yeah. or they go to uni and don't even know why they're going to uni. Yeah. And they get out and I've got a son like that and he's just like, doesn't know what to do. Sure. But I reckon once something gets your interest, you'll like lock onto that thing and you've got to master it, but then take your time. Like... Have like a longer term view. I think sometimes people your age, it's, everything's like got to happen next week yeah. or next year or, and then it like lose interest very fast. Yeah. So when I became number one in McGraw, it took me 15 years to do that. Yeah. But it was like when it happened, it was a bit career changing. So I, I want to give all you young people some advice. Yeah. You've got to find something that resonates deeply with you, but, but then focus on that with everything that you have. Mm-hmm. But give it as much time as it needs. Right. I think when you have that formula going, yeah, you're going to be, end up becoming successful. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. I think that's right. I think. I, I think. You know. I, I look at some, some of her friends, particularly, and some of the crowd that she hangs around with. And I, <laughs> I, I think it's generally. You know, it's a bit like the Motley Crew. It's a little, <laughs> they're a little bit all over the shop. And I wonder. Like, I want. I look at them, and you know, to the, to some degree, I was quite similar. Um, I was. I didn't really you know what it was. Have you sorted yourself out? Huh? Have you sorted yourself? I think I'm reason. I think I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm by no means like Dalai Lama Zen, 100% focused or anything like that. But I reckon I've got like a reasonable direction. Um, and at the moment, like I feel that kind of my goal is to sharpen skills, like to develop skills that take like hard skills that you have to develop over a long period of time. Like you talk about how many hours you spent kind of prospecting, and that that's 
as you know, it, it's kind of character defining, but it's also like it is an actual skill, like it's a, and it's a monetizable skill as well. Yeah. You know, so there are things which you can enjoy, and there are things you can make money off. It's like I think there's this Japanese thing called ikigai, whatever it is, and it's got like the four corners, and I, I reckon I can only remember three of them, but it's like what you like, what you're good at, um, where you can make money. And there's another one, I can't forget what it is, but it's like where they intersect, like that's the thing that you should be trying, that's, a, that's where yeah. you should be. Yeah. If, they, if you can if find you can. something, yeah. you know. Yeah, 100%, thanks. There you go. Well, that's my <laughs> advice to the boomers or whoever, yeah. whoever's listening, the old people in the, in the audience who I know for whatever reason like our content, I've got no idea why. Um, <laughs> But Matt, thank you so much for Thanks coming for on. Me. No, no, seriously. Um, made the trip down from Terrigal. Um, if you are in Terrigal and you have a home or something that needs selling, this is the guy. Um, he'll yeah, get the job done. People listening to this have homes in Terrigal. Hundred <laughs> percent. But you never know. You never know. My, our, our grandma lives up in Avoca, and I'm sure she she she's there actually probably our biggest fan. So, and she, <laughs> I tell you what, if if you have a network, that that lady has a network of people. Really? I don't think there's a single person in Avoca who she doesn't know. What's her name? Um, Grandma Helen. I don't even know her name. Well, I just call her Grandma. I call her Grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Helen, Helen, Helen. If you see Helen, she's about she's about six foot, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, she's tall. She's tall. Um, she's got a bit of a presence about her, but she's um, 100. That's the person you should be getting on to. Hey, Helen. (laughs) Matt says hi. All right. Well, that's going to wrap us up here. Um, I want to say thank you again to Matt for coming on. Uh, you can um, check out all his details and all his um, various activities. He's got a whole bunch of things that you've got going on. So you can check out all of them. Uh, we'll drop them in the link below. Um, Very animated. There you go. That's how you do it. That's, that's the millennial way these days. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. And we'll uh, see you guys soon.